So to get started, let's look at 2 Timothy 2 before I give you the title. We're going to get back into Acts. Uh, if you're visiting, we're doing a series going through the book of Acts because we're now we're teaching what we call first principles on midweek services. What does that mean? Well, it's the in Hebrews, it's the in the book of Hebrews, it talks about let us leave the elementary teachings of Christ and go on to maturity. So we're teaching that, right? On Wednesdays about what is the foundational beliefs and truths in the Bible one must understand before they live and before they become a Christian, which Jesus calls as a disciple, but then to be really not only not only intellectually knowing it, really understand it and and live it, but also now learn to express it and sit down with someone else and teach it. Isn't that great? So the book of Acts is the only blueprint of really the history of the of how they evangelized the people of that time on the world. And that's the church. And that's what we're trying to emulate, the spirit of the heart of the, the first century Christians about what they're doing. We're trying to go, let God, you're the same God. We want to do that with you. Amen? So the first thing I want to do is let's look at 2 Timothy 2.1. Got to get the precedents out there, right? Otherwise, what God's asked us to participate in, participate in would be, we're all going to fall over on our face if we don't understand God's, it's okay. Because yes. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming to go, I want you to not only walk with me, but I want you to be used to help others find the, get the truth, be baptized, right. and be saved. Right. In 2 Timothy 2.1, it says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So I love this because it's so profound. We know we're saved by grace, and grace is such a misunderstood, powerful word today. But from the Bible, it is a real powerful truth because we, there's no way to be saved except by grace. But that doesn't mean you just sit back and whittle your thumbs, twiddle your thumbs, whittle your thumbs. But we're not saved by works. Okay, well then let's just sit back and twiddle our thumbs. No, no. God says, I want to use you, your faith, to participate in my divine nature, right? To help people escape from the corrupt desires of sin as you're doing it. Well, how can one, someone be strong in the grace? Grace is God's undeserved favor. And just as we are saved, this means trusting completely in God, in Jesus, and his power, and not trying to live in Christ on your strength alone. I think, Priscilla, thank you for doing all the heavy lifting for my sermon. <laughs> Who cannot relate to that? Yeah. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm not in the Bible the way I should. Well, you don't need to feel bad. You need to just go, whoa, I'm not feeling strong. That's it. Reading the Bible is not a one-time deal like taking a class like history class. Oh, I got the facts, I know the Bible, I read the Bible, I know the Bible. No, it's activating with God by faith because God, Jesus says that the kind of worshipers God seeks are those who worship in spirit and truth. Where do we get the truth? Well, we come to the word of God, living and active, sharpening a double-edged sword. So by coming to it yourself, it's not like you have to. If you didn't read your Bible, you're not earning it. No, it's for your benefit to get strengthened in your faith and connect with God's spirit who's everywhere. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's a double. So you learn to go. It's not an assignment. It's like, whoa, you learn to love the word of God and meditate on it. Yeah. So, he's going to give us the strength to do what we've been asked to do. So, if the church were to consistently follow this advice that is written in first, verse 1, it would expand exponentially. 
And if, we, if it's well taught to the people that come in after and become disciples and we help the young baby Christians as we were baby Christians do this, and we teach the Great Commission, and then we teach others, and then as you become a learner, as you come to faith and become a baby Christian and you've learned what the elementary teachings, now you're learning to walk with God. And as you learn, now you're realizing that as you're always a learner, now you can help teach a little bit. Yes. Learning always from God and then learning as you're walking to go, I can do it with someone. Yes. And that's what it means. And that's how we'll grow. If everyone connects with God and stays connected, you just share with the strength and grace how you maybe blew it, but you've repented. This is what you're struggling with, but you're overcoming it. That's teaching. Right. And, but, but you're not making excuses. See what I'm saying? So that's amazing. So that's, the title of the lesson is Turning the World Upside Down. Amen. Now, to precedent that, I want to go to, because we're going to start in Acts 16, but let's look at Acts 17, just so I can make the precedent of where I'm getting this title. And if you look in, um, so now, you know, as we're in Acts, we just left, just because it's been two weeks, we finished with Acts 15 last a uh, couple weeks ago, and that was when they came together and established a central leadership yeah. in Jerusalem, remember? And they had the council, and they had an issue about even the, the Jews that, that became Christians were, were, were still like starting to fade back and, and demanding that the new Gentile Christians must be circumcised, which is, no, no. But you got to go, wow, that's weird now. But you can look back then. God's spirit was carrying these one-time apostles and disciples for all time. But what's really good is once they canonize the scriptures, we still have to speak with our core, the, the five core convictions. One of the main ones is, is where the Bible speaks, we don't need to speak, right? Where the Bible says something clearly sin or not sin or what the will of God is, we don't need to go, well, let me make something else up. No. But where the Bible does not speak, we have the permission to think of ways to do God's will in the Bible as long as it doesn't contradict it or add to it, right? So they decided and they had to come back and, and they said, no, no, we, you don't, we're not circumcising. That was the old covenant. The circumcision means a circumcision of the heart. The Old Testament means when they did that, they did it to be separate from the people and to come out. So it was intense, but just like when you get baptized into Christ, that's intense. Everybody knows, you know, it's not like you're ever going to forget doing that, going into the water. Why did you do what you do? You know, if you really are converted, because baptism is not even an issue until you understand and come to the correct biblical faith, because that's what saves you, and then why you're doing it. That's why it's awesome to see Ethan do that today. Because if anybody asks him, it's not just a whim, it's not just an emotional thing. He'll tell you why he's doing it and what the buy and what he's learned because he was a because you need to be someone that goes I need to understand why and what would I do this for and what does it mean to be a disciple blah 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 right and we're always going to learn amen I told them both we're a church that always promotes questions and we should always be learning there's never a question you can't ask because we're always growing and learning but just live up to what you've already decided in the bible and made decisions on and commitments and live up to that because the word of God never changes God won't change so we need to stay focused. Verse 5, chapter 17 of Acts. But the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in, to, in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come 
and Jason has welcomed him into his house and they are defying all Caesar's decrees saying that there is another king, the one called Jesus. Now, if you look at the, you know, the, 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 they're causing trouble all over the world. It's not like Christians are trying to cause trouble. But from their point of view and this, even the city officials, it, it can almost look like you're troublemakers. What are you doing in this group? This group is no good. It's even defying the government, Right? Look at it. I mean, they're, they're freaking out over people being dis Christians. And if you look in, uh, well, don't look in it, but the other version, like New King's version in verse 6 says, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So it is a literal uh, scripture, turn the world upside down. And they're not saying it in a positive way. They're saying you're messing everything up. But that's what it happens when you become a true Christian because the ways of God are not living in this world. Yeah. God says we're foreigners and, angel, and aliens in this world. We're strangers. This is not our home. We don't try to cause trouble. But when we make a commitment to live by God's ways, even society can think we're cult or we're extreme right. or you, 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 you yeah. Jesus freaks or whatever. No, it's just been so watered down that people, the Christian dome of what a Christian is, most people just have a sense of God or growing up. But when you really look at the scriptures and go, what does Jesus define scripturally? Yeah. What it means and what kind of heart it means to follow him and, and, and God approving of it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not extreme to God, but from the world sense, it can seem like, whoa, you guys are just... It makes people pause. Yeah. And it makes people that may believe in God go... This group is either nuts or am I missing something? So you either got to go humbly like, why aren't I like that? Why don't I feel fired up and excited? Why isn't wherever I'm going or do I even go to church? Why? So either they're, they're in a cult or maybe they, you need to ask what's going on. Because we're not trying to be weird, right? I mean, some of you can't help it. So let's go to Acts 16 and get ready to start. Turn the world upside down. And see, when you bring the light into the world, you'd think, wow, this is amazing. Because it is. When you find the light of the world, it's amazing. Because it's, you're saved. But, you know, you can just represent it and then share for people who have questions and express why you do what you do. Right? So let's pick it up in Acts uh, chapter 16. And uh, I'm going to read verse 1 through 5, and then we'll talk about it. And we're just kind of, you know, exponentially doing some preaching through Acts to teach really about what did it look like to be Christians in the first century and what did they do. Oh, by the way, those of us who are disciples of Christians who understand, you don't just look at this as an amazing story from the outside and go, wow, look at these people. Now, you should be challenged. You should be encouraged. You should be convicted, but you should be like them. Amen. Or aspiring like them. It's not like you're, you have to earn it. But it's the convictions. These people aren't like, whoa, look at these first century disciples. No, they had to do what they had to do and stand up against what they had to stand to keep the ball rolling to this day to show a remnant group of what does it mean to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ according to the words of God. So we need to go, I know I'm always encouraged, inspired, but I'm always convicted because I'm always, and challenged. I'm always challenged. I'm like, so see that and be grateful. Don't be feeling down on yourself, but go, I want to grow more. Amen. How did these people get closer to God? What caused these people to do this? Because growing closer to God is not a competition, but it's like, whoa, yeah. we all want deeper conviction because that's what it's about, right? Yeah. 
walking with God. So in verse 1 of chapter 16, we read, Paul came to Derbe and then Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they all traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions uh, reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So God, so the church, the, the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So you see in verse 4 where it says, they delivered, they left Jerusalem from Acts 15, the decisions that were made by a central leadership, holding to God's word. But it says they traveled from town to town and they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. And that was in Acts 15, remember? Yeah. And that's when they decided no circumcision. And then you go, why did he circumcise Timothy? Well, we're going to talk about that. So, but then look what happens when you're unified in the word commonly, not just in Orlando. And I did want to say, look at the beautiful new banner yeah. that's out for this year. Thank you, Diego and Media Team. Media team. This is the sold-out movement of churches that we are, because it's not our church, right? It's the International Christian Churches. We call it that because Jesus says, go make something with all nations, so it's international. We're not the American church, right? It's all nations, God looking down. And this is the goal by God Almighty, by the Spirit, this year to have church, 30 church plantings contributing with all our churches around the world contributing yeah. to do that. Isn't that amazing? And if you look on the websites of all our churches, you'll see what has been accomplished from last year, the year before. Yeah. Some of you have visited the churches and you're seeing the product of sacrifice, giving, and church plantings, teaching, leadership raising up, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But this is amazing. Like I said, it's getting so amazing, I can't pronounce some of the cities. <laughs> but it's all nations, right? Yeah. Which I love that. I remember when it started, it's good. I can't, you have to look. You know, it shouldn't be so small. It's like, we got five churches. No, it should be growing because God is spirit, and God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So Paul wanted to take him on the journey, so he circumcised him. Now, I went to Aaron, because Aaron's like the Bible teacher type guy, Aaron, Aaron Antoine. Isn't he awesome? Because I said, bro, I can't bypass this. I can't bypass anything. But I was looking at it in my notes and going over it, and I'm going, uh, I just, I, I was putting it in my position. And I go, uh. and, I, and he helped me. I go, how did the, you know, the, the reason that Paul asked Timothy to be circumcised was that everyone knew his father was a Greek. So back then, to not be a stumbling block, Jesus, you know, Paul refers in, in, in Corinthians, we know this, to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the weak, I became a weak. To the, uh, to the uh, Gentile, I became a Gentile. To, I, I try to become all things to all people so that I cannot be a stumbling block, so I can help some be saved. Yeah. Meaning that you don't just legalistically follow the Bible. Your heart is, you don't have to, but the willingness to, get, to move forward and, and try to help people not be stumbling while you're trying to create the message is why he did that. The question I had for Aaron is, how did they know who was circumcised and who wasn't? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Did you think about that? I mean, I got to show my passport at the airport. I'm not trying to be fun. I'm just, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of, I just should be real. It's in the Bible. 
The, uh, so to win the Jews, Timothy would have to become like a non-saved Jew. The Jews that were stirring up trouble were the ones that refused to believe in Jesus. Many of the baptisms, the first 3,000 were Jewish, all Jews from all nations. God said, I'm going to start with the people I've chose. They're already all in to the point of where they can be, and they've been waiting for the Messiah. And that's why Peter says, God made this Jesus both Lord and Christ. Men of Israel, right? He said, this is it. And they go, what do we do? And this was the final plan of God. So he knew they'd go with it, but many didn't. And over time, many pulled back, and that's where they went. They were a people of God because of their obstinance and refusal to accept Jesus. They went from being right with God to not being right with God because of your stubbornness. See, we're saved by grace, but the minute you refuse to repent, and God is patient, but if you just refuse, I'm not, that's it. Now you're at a point where God's working with you. He's got grace, but if you don't repent, and what, uh, in God's will, what God calls you to believe and do in the word, you're in trouble. Yeah. But that's what happened. They got hard-hearted and they're going after it. But we still, they still had to be all things to all people. So that's what he did. And Aaron, Professor Aaron, helped me have a new thought process. Like, Because I was saying, bro, I mean, what happens when they went in the synagogue? I know they're radical. What are they doing? They knew he was a Greek. They're probably saying, you're not allowed in here. And I said, do you think they like checked? And he goes, I go, they didn't do that. And he goes, bro, they might have. And then he brought this good point. Like you go to a physician for a physical, maybe they had to go to some like the head synagogue guy or something. But somehow it had to be a relatable thing because you know what? They were looking at it from a legalistic thing. And it was never that way. In the Old Testament, the reason that they were circumcised was they were set apart as a people of God. It was never about the, the physical act. It was about this step of... And so when we become disciples of Christ and are baptized, we are circumcised in our hearts. Yes. We've set ourselves apart as God's people. Does that make sense? It's a conviction. Yes. But that's intense that they went the extra mile and Timothy was willing to do whatever it takes yeah. to continue to go into this region and help these obstinate Jewish people get beyond that and maybe listen about the message of Christ Amen. and get them to understand and then soften their heart and repent and be baptized into Christ and see this is God's plan. See what I'm saying? He didn't have to. He gets to. And that's the question. If we're going to turn the world around upside down as disciples, you don't have to. In fact, what the Bible says, God doesn't want you forced under duress. And you couldn't even go, I'm going to do this because I don't want to go to hell the whole way in. It's almost like you don't really understand God. God doesn't want to be a threatening person. God is God and we are not. And he gets to establish his way and his kingdom of heaven. And since the things that he calls sin said, I don't want this, you must repent to it. And even I'm going to help you because this isn't who's going to be with me forever in heaven. So if you don't want to repent now, you, you, you wouldn't be in heaven anyway. So it's not his fault. It's like, why wouldn't you want to go along with what God loves? You know what I mean? Because if you're fighting against him, that's not God's way and that's not heaven's way. So Paul personally circumcised him. That's a lot of trust. That's where I struggled. And I'm glad we're in the New Testament. Let's go to verse 6. Chapter 16, verse 6. And Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia, Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they turned to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed 
Mysia, and went down to Tros. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to him. You know, this is a movement. This is the first time they're moving the truth, virgin. Every area was a virgin area for Jesus. And you might say, this is interesting. Well, the Spirit of God was carrying these men along so, and he knew that he was going to use them to write it down, carried by the Holy Spirit, right? One time for all, to show the blueprint of how God's going to get it done. Yeah. So you might say, well, what about a vision? Well, it's in the Bible, so we know it's of God. Today, if people go, I had a dream or had that, I say it's better to keep it to yourself. Because why? Even if it goes with the Bible, we have the Bible, and then you don't, because you don't want to draw any attention to you. It's always about the Word of God and Jesus. So... Oh, I had a dream. That's a sign. Well, the Bible's the sign. Right? So, but, but since it's in the scriptures and the New Testament wasn't written, God was moving Paul, we know, as one of the main leaders of the church to make disciples. So we see that. And whatever reason, Jesus didn't allow them to stop in some of the little villages on the way. Well, today, the Spirit moves. God moves. How do we decide when we move and decide mission teams? We pray. We look at what the work is done. That's why we have world sectors and crown churches in big cities around the world trying to build there where they get big enough and then they start to go after their territory raising up, right? But then we know, we call if the spirit moves, this is what, like if there's a remnant group of disciples that, or people who have been converted correctly as disciples of Jesus, but somehow, some way they faded, the leadership got messed up and they're needing help. But they have the initial elementary teachings they believe, but they don't have enough training for the leader. And they call out. Well, that's where we go, okay, that must be God because those are people wanting help and they've already been saved and they need strength and they're not organized. So let's raise up a trained leadership. They want it. Let's go in. And they've already got the convictions. They just need help to continue. And that would be a way that we'd say that's the spirit, obviously, because it's, that would go along with what God would want us to do to continue with people who have already got right. See what I'm saying? Right. So they go through Phyger, Galatia, which is Asia. They went through it. The western part of modern-day Turkey. That's where that kind of was. And they were, but they were not allowed to enter certain cities. God doesn't always say yes. Yeah. Sometimes he says no. Yeah. Sometimes he says not yet. Sometimes he says, I have a different plan for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a saying that you want, to make, you want to see God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah. Not in a wrong way, but you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to just be surrendered, right? Yeah. You can pray for what you think God wants and what you want, and then you just surrender it. And then be humble and just continue to be, be obedient. So the Macedonian vision, Greece, Paul's, Paul's first journey was all in the continent of Asia. But now they were being called to a different continent, Europe. Wow. So he made three different missionary journeys. Yeah. And when Paul got the vision, they got ready to, at once to go. Yeah. Are you willing to go anywhere? do anything, give up everything like Timothy. Timothy was a young disciple. Paul said, I want you to come with me. I'm going to raise you up. Timothy didn't have to go. He could have stayed there. His grandmother was a disciple. He could have been okay. He decided that's God's will to go. Well, that might have, well, I didn't have that plan. I'm sure he wasn't thinking that till, but he did. Yeah. And that's the conviction, not in fear or compulsion, but 
in your heart, be praying that. It might even be scary, but go, God, I just use me, mold me, help me be ready. If you do that, you're going to grow. It's for your benefit. God's not going to force anything on you, but you should be willing to give up anything, go anywhere and do anything according to God's will. But because that's what Jesus said. He said, uh, anyone who does not give up everything they have cannot be my disciple in Luke 1430, 1433, right? So I think it's a good conviction to go, hey, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, the Daytona mission team is today. The inaugural, the inaugural services today. I mean, excuse me, yeah, Daytona. And you know, uh, the Bentleys who were with us for, for a while, and now they've always lived in Daytona, and they went down there, and that's a great couple. They were down there anyway, but they were making the drive here with uh, be part of us. And then the, the, the movement of churches, Zena and Dane, we asked to go, because we're trying to contribute, but so did, all, so did the Miami and Tampa Bay Church, and they consisted of, a, of, of many disciples to go on that mission team and they've been there and now today they call it an inaugural service because they've been working and stuff and trying to get visitors. They got a place yeah. and you know, it's about an hour from us, but it's cool to see, here we go again. We're trying to get the reasons. We have six churches in Florida yeah. and this will be the seventh. So, and every state's trying to do that, amen? Yeah. Well, what if you run into people that are already saved? You go, amen, that's less we gotta get. Praise God, keep going. Right. But we're just doing what Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. Point two, side by side preaching. Side-by-side preaching. The first point was an uplifting vision. Excuse me. Turning the world upside down was the title. And then what we just talked about was the uplifting vision. Isn't that an uplifting vision? To challenge yourself outside of yourself to follow Jesus? See, what would God think? What would he do? The minute you look at that and you look at the scriptures, you realize no matter what, that's going to challenge you. Think about where you were before you really looked at the scriptures and wanted to see what does Jesus call you to do? It didn't just naturally fit in your lifestyle, did it? That's the first humble step. It's like you got to surrender and go, God, let me figure out why is this, why is my life not righteous? God says, let's look into it. And that's why he wants you to see what sin is and understand why he died for you. Once you understand that and you see the sin that's hurting you and God, then it's no brainer. You're willing to change and want to live for God, right? But it takes a, it takes a radical change to become a Christian. And uh, let's look in verse 11 of Acts 16. From side-by-side side preaching, point two. From Tros, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samotres. And next day, we went on to Nepalus. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed several days on the there on the sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer we sat down and began to speak to the woman to the women who had gathered there one of those listening was a woman from the city of tirethia named lydia a dealer in purple cloth purple cloth was very expensive back then when she and the members of her household were baptized excuse me, was she and a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to their home. So you remember, they responded to Paul's message. What's Paul's message? It doesn't go over it over and over again. It goes back in context where we see the good news and Jesus uh, told Peter and the, the apostles to be in Acts 2, to be stay in the city. And then 
Jesus, Peter said, you have the keys. And then Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and all who are far off, who all are God. So here's the message that we continue to teach about once, per, once a person starts to seek God and wants to understand what does it mean. So that's what it meant. And Lydia, and it said God opened her heart. No one can become a Christian unless they're humble and want to seek God. Yeah. It's a miracle to become a Christian. I've told you that. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? you got to make a decision. Yeah, but you got to depend on God because look at it. It says God opened her heart. She wouldn't have got it if God wasn't helping, but you got to be willing because if you're not willing to seek God with all your heart, God's not going to push it. Yeah. That's why it's special, and never forget that. Amen. It's grace, but understand, come on, before you were Christian disciples, members, who were you really? Never forget, you really had to change. God had to help you. Yes. Amen? Come on. Yes. So, let's continue. Where am I? What verse? 15. In verse 15, sorry, uh, and when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to their, her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come stay at my house. And she persuaded us. At once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of a good thing, but it was annoying. And she was saying, get them. These are the troublemakers. That's how she was doing it. Yeah. Following them around. Could you imagine someone following you around at the mall? <laughs> Just about five feet from you and you're talking with your friends. This is Melvin Soller, the guy you're trying to teach you how to be saved. He's the one trying to teach you about Jesus. All the whole time behind you in the mall, one step like 10 feet away. Fonzo and Kenzie are shopping. This is the David says they're trying to. <laughs> These men are the servants of the Most High God and are telling you the way to be saved. That's a good thing, but it's kind of. And that, so then in verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said in the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. See, greed, money, the real persecution here was they were ticked off that, that Paul had stopped this woman that the owners had purchased, and we'll talk about that in a minute, for money to make because she was a fortune teller. They brought, verse 20, they brought them before the magistrate and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing the whole, our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept and pra practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, I've often studied this out. This, this woman that was running around chasing them at, at the prayer, uh, first they went on, in the water the first time and they found a group of women and that was awesome. Lydia, and, and Lydia was a, an opinion leader. 
Lydia kind of a little bit reminds me of like, like what a Linda, Linda Rose would kind of be like. Linda Hayes, excuse me, Linda Hayes. Linda Rose Hayes. She, uh, you know, no, I, I'm lifting you up. You know, you weren't just a pushover. You had to fight and do some things. But, but she comes from the remnant, and, you know, she's a, she's a goal getter in her life. And she doesn't want me to say it. She's already like, why are you doing this? But she was an influential woman. She's worked hard. She's leveled herself. She does that. She's, and, and, and yet she, she really understands discipleship, and she's an incredible help. But now they go to the water again, and they run into a fortune teller. They meet a slave girl fortune teller. In Greek mythology, just to let you know, the city of Delphi was the site of Delphic Oracle, the most important oracle in classic Greek world. It was a major site for the worship of the god of Apollo after he slew a python. It's true. A deity who lived there and protected the navel of the earth. That was the belief of this false god of, that, that was in this slave girl. That's why they purchased her, because they really believe. And you know, the power of demonic sorcery and witchcraft is real. The Bible says it. Yeah. It's not condoned by God, but it can get scary. Yeah. So they, they went all the way to Delphi to buy this slave girl, the owners. That's why they were ticked off, who possessed this demonic spirit, the spirit of the snake, so to speak. Wow. Whew. And their pocketbooks were hit hard, and the slave girl's owners were angry when they told the spirit to come out of her. God Almighty stopped it. Now, God was helping her, but they were ticked. And that's why bad things can lead to good things if you remain spiritual, because now it's going to get turned up. Bad things can lead to good things if you remain spiritual, because it's chaotic right now. Paul and Silas, let's pick it up in verse uh, 22. I mean, excuse me, in verse uh, 25, wait, yeah, yes, 25, thank you. About midnight, so they've been fastened, they've been beaten severely. The Bible doesn't just throw away lines, beaten severely. What's that mean? Severely. If you just said someone, call the police, someone in the street is being beaten severely by a mob, you're going to think, oh my gosh, that's severe. I mean, there's going to be some damage. And if you look back in the way that that meant to be flogged seriously, and then put in flogs, you, you sometimes are beaten half to death. I mean, you literally, some people died from flogging. When Jesus was flogged, it was beyond the 40 times. But usually they said some people didn't even live during the actual flogging. It just, just took them. So there, this is what blows me away. And this is a challenge here. Look in verse 25, challenges me to the core. About midnight, this is what it should say. They're trying their hardest, but they're kind of struggling and they don't feel like giving their heart anymore, and they're just quiet and slumped over. No, it says this in 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Come on. See, it looks like you, people could have said, where's your God? Wow, God's really working powerful in your life. You've been prisoned. You've been stopped. God didn't stop the beating. God didn't stop the, where is he? You never have to worry about that because all you need to do is be obedient to God Amen. and go, I, you don't need to give answers. You go, I'm just going to, I love God. Amen. Because we know that Jesus was beaten half to death and hung on a cross. And yeah. that was the most powerful stance of God's will, period. Yes. If you look at things from a human point of view and you try to explain people that don't understand biblical faith, you're always going to get frustrated if you just don't, just stay centered on why you do what you do with God. They're singing. Just like when we sing, we, the hymns are amazing here. When everybody's singing out loud and then people are encouraging people when they come up here, you're fired up. Verse 26, suddenly there was such an earth, violent earthquake 
that the foundations of the prison were shaken, at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others now. So what did they speak? Well, they spoke what, Paul, what Peter first said to the Jews gathered in when they came. And he said, men of Israel, listen to this. God, Jesus, Jesus is from God by a miracle. And God made this Jesus both Lord and Christ. Yeah. But also, Peter even said in that, because the word was canonized, after he said, repent and be baptized, he went down, he says, it promises for you, your children are for off. And he said he warned them and he pleaded them with many other words. Those words aren't necessarily wrote down. But we know in context, we know what it means to help someone with a conviction. You use the word of God and you use your convictions. And he's like, guys, this is God. This is Jesus. I was with them. I saw this mirror. You know what I mean? And that's what they're doing. They're saying they spoke the word of God to them, right? They're listening. They believe. Because you've got to believe before you do anything else. Then you gotta, then you gotta repent and confess. Wow, I do believe God, Jesus is from God, and now I understand. What do I need to do? Well, you need to repent and get your life in line with walking with God. Anything you know of. So he spoke the word of the Lord with them and all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed them with their wounds, and then immediately he and his house were baptized. Let me ask them: Is this a common thing for a, for a jailer? to nurture and feed and attend to your wounds. Probably maybe one of the wounds he gave you. <laughs> come on, come on in. Let's have some food. Let me bring you in my house because he was leader of the jail. So he had a little household in there, a little, little quarters. And he attends to them and washes their wounds and goes, let me give you some food. Talk about a change. That's a change. His repentance, his heart was changed. Even though he knows he could be killed for even them getting out, let alone doing that, he'd be executed. He didn't care. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he, and his, he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Isn't that incredible? Yes. So, so just breaking these things down a little bit. Um, they come in, terrible crowd. The slave girl looks like everything's going down. Looks like the, uh, the spirit of the python overcame them. No, it didn't. But demonic attacks, worldly attacks, people who don't understand you attacks, people that love you may not understand you attack. You have to just remain in the Lord and then pray for wisdom on how to express yourself why you give an answer, give an answer to why you do what you do, right? Bad things can lead to good things if you remain spiritually. They were beaten half to death. They could have said, I'm done. How many people in here have been discouraged at times? You know, how many people this week will be probably emotionally discouraged? See, I'm not faithless. I just know it's going to happen again. I hope it doesn't, but it does. You know, I was paralyzed two years ago, a little over two years ago, completely paralyzed. Couldn't move anything but my head. And I was in the hospital and they didn't know. They didn't say, oh, you'll get better. So even now it's a miracle for where I'm at. I'm not at where you are. I I have complications. But what I'm saying is I could have been Mopey Joe. I don't think you guys would even question it. If I would have came into church the first time when I came in the electric wheelchair and just kind of sat there, you wouldn't be going, where's your zeal, brother? But it's not about you. It's about me and God. 
And I don't know what God did, but I'm just saying, if you are struggling or discouraged by a valid issue, it's understandable. Something can happen to you. It's not to feel down or ashamed. It's just to go, hey, bad thing is happening right now to me. I don't need to justify it or explain it or figure it out. I just need to go, God Almighty, help me be righteous through it and persevere. I know you're a good God, and I know everything you allow or cause, I will understand for my own good and the glory of your movement. See, sometimes it's not about you. It's just about people watching you. And then they're going, good night. How's that person singing after he's beaten half to death? There must be, that's what got their attention. I mean, all the, imagine this in the prison, guys. They're singing. The convicts heard about them because it's a big stir right all over. They get brought in and they're like, there's those guys. There's that Paul that we've heard about. You know, he's got a rep. They come in dragging them, beaten half to death, blood, inner sails. They're probably watching them. And imagine what they were singing. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Oh, Lord, we reign by your name. Prince of peace, mighty God. Oh, Lord, oh, God almighty. And then, and then they, at that top, I'm thinking of this. And all the other prisoners were listening to them. If we could make films back in that day, that would be an amazing shot. They're like beat half to death, blood. They're probably spooning out a little bit. You know, like a boxer. And then all of a sudden they start to sing. And all the other convicts are already all mopey and desperate. Imagine the looks of the camera panning of the reaction. Because it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. I'm sure they were like... I mean, I would. And they're praising God, probably singing an Old Testament psalm or something that we could research. But that's powerful. And then God works. And see, God may not do the violent earthquake right in your way, but he may stop you from slamming into a car like Priscilla. And, and, and other people may go, wow, and everybody else. But Priscilla, because of God, she goes, you're awesome, God. Because God is a good God. And even if something happened, but... God will come in at the right time. It won't be your time. So hold the line and realize that being obedient and perseverance strong in the grace, you're glorifying God. You don't have to be a superhero. You just want to go, God Almighty, I'm still here. I don't understand. Help me be strong. Amen? So as we uh, come in, um, Charles, you can go on to other churches now that I have this. Strengthen the other churches. You can go on now and be the song leader somewhere else. You're, you're too awesome. I'm just kidding. I couldn't even believe that happened. I, I went with it, and then when I started, I go, I hope I know the rest of the verses, and I did, and you guys helped me. And it, you guys carried me along, and I went, okay. See, that was like, it could have been a bad thing. I could have flubbed it, and you guys all went, that didn't work, but everybody started singing. So it became a great thing. That was God, because I didn't rehearse that. All right, so. Paul and Silas were singing at midnight. People were listening. Wow, these guys are different. That's what we need to see. We're not better than anybody, but walking by God's light, we're different. We're not better. Uh, The jailer asked to be saved in a worldly sense. He was even going to commit suicide. That's what he was going to do. Help me not die because if you guys get away. And Paul waited. You know, they could have escaped. He said, no, we're here. 
He didn't want the jailer to be executed. That was a soul. He could have left. But he said, wait, because the guy back then, they, they, he was going to kill himself. He goes, what do I need to be saved? Like, I'm in trouble. He wasn't even looking at that. And then he went on, and Paul takes advantage and tells him how to be spiritually, truly saved. Not just from this moment. And why was he baptized in the middle of the night? Because he wasn't promised tomorrow. Once you understand the truth, and your heart is connected, and God's opened your heart, and you understand what it means to be Jesus' Lord, you don't understand the rest. It's like an obstacle course. It's like a marathon race and an obstacle course walking with God. Yes. And he doesn't do that on purpose, but he wants you to navigate and trust in challenges and trials so he can refine your faith and get you stronger and be more useful to him. So he's not trying to hurt you, but pain is good. Pain tells you God's with you. Amen. The jailer repented. And he had overseen their beating. And now he's in repentance. Think about it. He was overseeing the beating before they put him in the vlogs. That's, you would have thought, that guy's not open. <laughs> right? Look how open he was. God got him open, right? You'd think he's the most unopened guy. He was beating me out and telling the guys to drag me in. Give him one more. You know, he was really ruthless. He washed their wounds, took them into the house, offered them food. Change of total heart. Hated to love, let me help you, I'm sorry, let me fix this. Let me dab that blood, I didn't mean to fatten your lip. <laughs> Paul and Silas pulled their Roman citizen cards and said, no way, we're not leaving till you come apologize, because that's why he was a Roman citizen. He didn't go look at me, he used that sometimes when they wanted to take advantage of me, and, and, and they respected the law of Caesar. And Paul had that because sometimes he would have been taken out and they said, oh, we can't do that. Because you touch a citizen of Rome, you're in trouble. So he used it to get access to still do God's will. He didn't use it for himself. Like he got, you know, when you get power or you get a blessing or something, it's a platform. So it was not by chance that you were born where you were born. Or the color of your skin, what you, who you are, where you're from. God has a purpose behind it all. All nations. Luke stays behind to strengthen the church, and then we're going to leave it there right now because we're going to come up now, and uh, we're going to have a baptism, and they're going to share before, so amen. Come on up. So turning the world upside down, right? Turning the world upside down, uplifting vision and side-by-side -side preaching. Well, guess what? One person at a time. Nathan's now coming in. Excuse me, Ethan. <laughs> he was in my house. He was in my house two days ago. We broke bread, and I know him. It's just, have mercy on me. Ethan has now understood the power of God, and that's what it means one at a time, turning the world upside down. He has a vision, and he's already an extraordinary man. He's got amazing character. If you haven't met him, get to meet him. He's a musician. His parents, you got to give credit to that. He's turning to live for God. But he now has a movement to continue to use his DNA and whatnot as he walks with God. He, you don't, God's going to work in his life to help others understand the truth. And to God be the glory.